Welcome to the Inglorious Blasters podcast, the Star Wars Legion podcast talking anything and everything glorious or inglorious about the game. My name is Corey, and with me today is a fellow Glorious Worlds Invite member, John. How's it going, my dude? It's going good. How's it going? <laughs> it's going great. Great job. So uh, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit, but who cares? <laughs> Congrats to John. He just recently played a tournament at Games and Stuff Maryland and uh, got his invite. So we're going to go over that today. And then we're also going to go over some tournament meta talk. So we're going to bring up some questions on, you know, is armor still a thing? Like, what's good to bring? What are people playing? Stuff like that. But before we begin, we are going to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors of the podcast. We got Baron of Dice. Check out baronofdice.com. So he's got a bunch of different Star Wars Legion dice. He's got a bunch of D8s, a bunch of D6s for your attack and defense dice. If you wanted to trick out your Legion dice collection, it's a great way to do it. Uh, there's a lot of cool faction face symbols on the dice and they've got like a marbled look or a more clear look. It looks pretty sweet. Uh, I, I also got different dice, not related to Legion. I got some <laughs> Skaven dice that have blocks of cheese on them on the, on the D six side, uh, for my Skaven. So that's pretty cool. Check out baronofdice.com. Use checkout code glorious for a little bit of a discount. John's going to tell us about all of our 3d printing needs. Yeah, we got Panhandle 3D, so if you are looking to put together a beautiful 3D printed table and you do not have a 3D printer, you can use Panhandle 3D, and they are offering a 15% off discount using coupon code GLORIOUS. And then our newest sponsor, The Dice Must Flow, uh, is offering a 15% off discount code as well using coupon code IGBLASTERS. Uh, we have been giving out these dice trays for close to a year now. I actually gave out five yesterday at a uh, games and stuff tournament that I was at. One to all three of my opponents and then uh, one to Steve, the gentleman who ran the tournament, and one to Sam, who was one of the judges at the tournament. So we've been giving these things out. They're beautiful. Uh, and if you'd like your own custom dice tray, so you can pretty much put anything on these things, uh, you can go to the Dice Must Flow and get a custom dice tray, and then they pretty much have dice trays for just about anything. They've got Star Wars, 40K, D&D, just about anything. So check it out, um, and 15% off, like we said, using coupon code IGBLASTERS. Excellent. So we also have some upcoming tournaments we want to highlight. The Crucible, September 29th. You've heard us talk about this a bunch. You go to Disney, you play some Legion, you buy some Disney stuff like you know, a lightsaber, you go ride uh, the Millennium Falcon. Hopefully you can get a full team of six that will cooperate with you. <laughs> Every time I've rode that ride, I, I've never had the full compliment, compliment of six. So we always do terrible because no one presses any of the buttons. They just look at the pretty lights and I'm like, no, it's a game. Anyways, can you tell I'm annoyed? <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the point. <laughs> Crystal sounds like a sweet time. Go check it out. John's going to be there. Every time I'm on Smuggler's Run, it is uh, me, my wife, and my two girls who are five and seven. So you can imagine, uh, we we would be you you probably would not enjoy being one of the uh, other two riders on that because they are just smashing buttons and screaming the Look, whole time. I, I'm okay, I'm okay if you're actually gonna push buttons, but like more often than not, I've had people that just sit there and don't press anything. So I have to encourage them, like, no, 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 this is a game. <laughs> You have to press this when it like you know lights up, or you have to pull something. Oh my god! Re real quick tangent. It was funny when um when the game when the ride first launched, 
there is a family of four and it was just me and my wife, which is like totally fine. So we were like the people in the back using the, the, uh, they, they were carrying the cargo, right? The cargo action. And they had their kids in the cockpit and in the very front. Uh, so they had to like pull the levers, but they were way too short. So they couldn't pull any of the levers. <laughs> It was really funny. It was it was a good time. That I don't mind. Kids I don't mind. But it's the people that just anyways, I'm complaining about nothing. I'm gonna move I, on. Honestly, the pilot position in that ride is probably the only spot that matters. Yes. Cause because uh, otherwise you just slam into everything. The other ones, <laughs> yeah. the other four spots are just glorified button pushers. Like That's they don't right. actually do anything. <laughs> but you have to be able to pull the lever and you have to be able to steer the ship. Other than that, like I mean, anybody can push a button. No offense to the other two. <laughs> you have to mash pretty hard on the gun one, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so I so I am always the pilot and the kids are always behind me just smashing buttons. That's funny. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, another tournament. Uh, I've been talking about it a couple of times. The Critical Hit Tournament. Uh, that's my local store, August 19th. It is coming up. If you want to sign up ahead of time, use the Eventbrite page, or you could check it out on Facebook. There's no World's Invite, but that's okay. It'll be good practice for Nova if you want to come out and hang out. Alrighty, so you'll notice that we're missing uh, Brendan. Brendan's off doing fun shenanigans, you know, just vacationing in like the coolest places. So I'm a little jelly. Brendan, I hope you listen and uh, enjoy <laughs> along with everyone else at home. Uh, so let's get into it. John, tell us about your tournament. So I was at Games and Stuff, which I honestly don't know the exact city. I just know it was a little bit south of Baltimore. I live or die by GPS, so I just plugged it in and drove um, about an hour and a half south of me. Uh, but great store, beautiful store, huge open play space. Um, tournament was Saturday the 12th, so just yesterday. We're recording on a Sunday this week. Uh, Steve, one of the locals, ran the event. Um, and San McHenry, who is uh, fairly local, we've talked about him on other casts, came to help uh, judge as well and brought some tables. Um, it was set up to be 16 people. We had 13 show up, so a pretty decent turnout. Um, I was playing Republic, as you could have imagined, and I really like this list. So, this was a 9-ack Republic list, 796 points, so a 4-point bid. I had Anakin Skywalker with Push, Saber, Throw, Offensive, Defensive Stance, Clone Commander, Two Phase 1s with DC-15s and Clone Medics. Two Phase 1s with RPSs and one with Boil. A Arc Strike Team with Echo. And two Bark Speeders with RPSs. So if you are wondering the quick math on this, that is Impact 11 if you account for Anakin Saber Throw. Um, 8 if you do not. And Critical 3. So, uh... I was pretty much ready for Dark Troopers and anybody bringing Tempest. In fact, I was hoping you brought one of those two lists so that I could nuke you off the board. I did not face a single opponent with Dark Troopers, Tempest, or any vehicle whatsoever throughout the whole day. (laughs) Yeah, that's usually how it happens. You prepare for something and then you never fight it. The worst. (laughs) <laughs> yep. So uh, that Impact 11 was completely irrelevant, um, but was not, was my seven range four shots. So uh, 
my typical love of the long range poking, forcing you to engage with me so that I could fire support you off the board, um, was in full effect. I, uh, I swapped out my pikes this time, which I haven't done in a, in a long time, um, for clone commander and those RPSs um, on the on the barks, which, as most people know by this point, if you listen to the podcast, I hate barks, but I am coming around to them. I have oh. to think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have to give a shout out to Ivan, who is one of our locals. We got together at a. Six Feet Under Games in Gap for a game maybe two months ago now, and we were each playing 501st, and he brought two Barks with RPSs. And my problem with Barks for the longest time was how fast they are and how quick, how quickly they get out ahead of the rest of your army. And obviously with clones, you like to kind of ball up, and that's what I pretty much always do. I'm a very conservative player. And uh, every time I play with them, they get out in front of everything, they die, and then I'd just be annoyed, and I'd be like, why do people like these? So, (laughs) (laughs) like, I I just don't get it. Like, this makes no sense to me. Um, So when I played Ivan, he had RPSs on him. I'd never put RPSs on my barks when I had tried them in the past, and just seeing them move at speed 2 instead of speed 3, for whatever reason... Seeing them move a little bit slower and then also throw the six die pool with the double rainbow and actually like hurt things versus you know rolling four die and two going away because everything's in heavy cover now. Um, but you know, consistently, consistently rolling like five or six hits with an aim and then sharing aims from Anakin so you can reliably push three or four hits through cover. Um, I was like, wow, I need to try these. So, Corey and I played a practice game. When he played Tempest and I played the two barks with the RPSs and I was like, you know, I like these. So I figured I'd give them. <laughs> you know what? I was wrong the entire time. Okay. <laughs> so uh, in our Discord after I after I won the invite yesterday, I actually put uh, in our private Discord to Brendan and Corey, I think I like barks, question mark. Um, so the more I've, I've thought about it throughout today as I've mentally ran through my games yesterday i was like you know i do like barks they uh, they worked out pretty well for barks me, are pretty so. good barks are pretty yeah cool. pretty good so uh so yeah i'll quickly run through my games i won't uh i won't bore everybody with the crazy granular detail um but round one i was uh i was playing josh um we were playing uh or i guess i should say josh was playing a yoda chewy triple bark list uh he had two naked barks one of his barks had an rps um i was blue player he was red thankfully because yoda chewy um his deck had recover the supplies he had uh sabotage through yeah he had all the stuff that i did not want to play so thankfully i was blue Winning the bid there helped me for sure. Uh, we ended up playing Intercept on Rollout with Supply Drop. Um, I think he picked the wrong table side because I ended up with basically a big line of sight blocker pretty much right next to the, the center, where the center intercept point was. So basically... Um, 
We were doing the short edge deployment zones, so we're pretty far from one another except for that little piece of where the rollout spot is. And I pretty much just set up there, double move, turn one. Turn one is always positioning when you play rollout or long march because you're really not in range for any shots. Uh, and I pretty much just balled up right on the center right from the get-go and it was kind of like, okay, come at me, bro. Um, and his Yoda did not have burst of speed, so... He was pretty much, I think, trying to set up a lot of, like, luminous fire support things. Like, it didn't seem like he was going to kind of charge into me with Yoda or Chewie. Um, which, when we talked about it later, I think that was also because he didn't want to engage with Anakin. You know, because of Anakin's mastery and putting insta-wounds on Yoda with the dodge tokens and all that. His his list name is Luminous Noob Is I. So Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I that think would he's make trying sense. to capitalize on that. Yep. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So pretty much I just, I positioned myself into the center. Anakin was stuck behind that line of sight blocker and was just basically dodge aiming the entire game. Um, And then as soon as he realized like, oh man, I need to make something happen. um, When something started to move up, I, uh, I, I jumped Anakin on top of the building and would saber throw a fire support into whatever unit moved up and would just nuke it off the board. Uh, so after turn four, it was two four, um, cause I had scored the center at both the, um, turn two and turn four scoring rounds. And I think at that point I had taken out about half of his units. Um, and I was pretty much fully healthy i might have lost one activation at that point but he was down to about five activations and he's like i don't think it's possible for me to win this and i was like no i don't think it is either so he pretty much conceded after round four um but great guy uh i think he had said it might have been his first tournament maybe even his first set of games really playing yoda chewy so we talked for quite a bit after about like Yoda Chewie, and I was even saying, like, I practiced for a long time playing Yoda Chewie, and just the amount of decision, it's just very difficult to play Yoda Chewie 1, and even, like, at a tournament where as your mental fatigue starts to set in around game three and beyond on a multi-day, and I was like, dude, I can't even handle it. Like, I I just stick with Anakin because it's just, it's grueling. Um, so he was laughing, but really good dude. Um, great guy. So we had, we had a good time. Um, round two was against Ben. Uh, he was playing an Iden, Op Vader, Inferno Squad, Dubak, two full sniper scouts, and three naked core for nine acts. Um, his list was 797, so I was blue there. Uh, so beat him by one point on the bid. We ended up playing intercept, long march, fortified positions. Um, so concern here was uh, all of the high velocity, because between Iden, the two full sniper scouts, uh, and Inferno having Delmico in there, and then obviously Vader is always a threat. Um, he's like a one-man army. Uh, I was a little bit concerned, um, but I pretty much wanted to keep it on long march because I knew if I could keep Vader at an arm's length, I could pretty much kind of shoot him on the approach. 
Um, but the downside there being I'd have to deal with all of the sniper shots from a distance. However, keeping it on intercept, if he wanted to take that center point, he'd have to move all those scouts or those naked core into the center, which I could basically sit on and, again, have a situation like in game one where it's like, okay, come at me, bro. So I kind of found my piece of terrain where I could keep Anakin hidden and share tokens with the rest of the army, um, which is pretty much what I did. And it was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here. You have to come at me, and as soon as you do, Anakin's going to be powered up, and all I have to do is hop over this building and saber throw you. Um, turn one, my goal was how do I get rid of one of these scouts or just get rid of one of these sources of high-velocity snipers. Um, so he moved up one of the snipers uh, to get a pot shot where he took out a, uh, one of my clones, and I give credit to the Barks, because normally you can't get turn one shots on Long March, but they were able to kind of scoot up because of how fast they move, and between the two Barks, actually take out the full scout squad turn one. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, uh, I don't normally switch Anakin into offensive stance, but being able to double basically compulsory the Bark and then move the bark so that I could actually get to range three of those full scouts on turn one, even though we are essentially range six apart, um, worked because Anakin basically moved up and aimed, so then he had two shareable aims so that then the barks could move, move, shoot, and have an aim still um, and get the scouts into a spot that I didn't. So I didn't think he thought I was going to be able to get any shots because I was so far back. But since the Barks double moved and then had those aims from Anakin, I got um, both the Bark shots on that scout squad, uh, and that helped me significantly. Now, what I didn't expect to happen was um, on the tack strike turn, I had moved Boyle's squad, or an RPS Boyle squad, into the center to score um, at right before round four. Um, and one of the scout snipers double moved, so they got like the double aim from tactical and then got the, sh the shot from steady. And they took my boil RPS squad from like six man to fully dead. So they double moved like out from behind a building and then rolled the 10 black die, uh, made me roll nine saves. And I think I failed... Six. I rolled. I rolled five. Yeah. I ro Yeah. Well, whatever it was with the Pierce, I basically they were dead. Yeah. I was like, yep. folded dead. That has never once happened to me. So I was like, okay, that's a first. Um, and at the same time, Vader was coming around the other side of the board, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> like I literally just lost an entire squad. The Barks had already kind of kamikazed out into the center of the board, which was fine because the downside to intercept for this list is the Barks can't score, so I only have seven scoring units out of my nine. So Barks pretty much go into kamikaze mode anyway because they're never going to score any help you score anything, so they're just victory points in case you tie. So I was like, oh no, like boils down. 
I think one of my barks was gone at that point. The other one might have had two or three wounds on it. So I think it was broken. And then Vader's about to hit my lines. And I was like, I think this game might be over. Like, if Vader hits my lanes, this game's over. So uh, after he one-shotted the Boil RPS squad, I literally looked up at Ben. I was like, well, I'm about to do something crazy. And so I... So I had a face up on one of my phase ones and uh, I jumped Anakin over a wall and Vader had just basically burst on the previous turn, like across the board, like double move, pushed and like basically bubble wrapped a squad around him. So he he couldn't get the attack, but he just basically did the dive. So I pushed him out of that squad and then did a saber throw with a fire support from a fully healthy P1 squad um, and basically ended up putting five wounds onto Vader. And he was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, so then so then Vader's next. So then he immediately went with Vader because now Vader's out in the open. Vader then dove back into that uh, that fully healthy squad put four wounds on that squad so then there was one guy in there um and then pushed the other fully healthy squad next to it into him so like basically i couldn't get vader back out in the open essentially because now anakin already pushed him out of there anakin's sitting in the open so that's why it was risky because now anakin's basically sitting in the open um so on my next turn i had single dude he had taken that squad had already taken some shots, so it had um, one suppression on it, or so it had taken a shot. It had one suppression on it. I didn't roll it off. It got one action, which I chose to aim. So then, on my next activation, the squad that he pushed with Vader into Vader to keep Vader safe, I aimed with them, and then all five of them punched Vader with their aim, and then the shareable aim from the dude that took the aim action from my previous activation. So I rolled into five hits on Vader and he failed two and Vader was dead. And then I'll do it. And that was pretty much game over from that point on. Um so afterwards I was joking with him. I was like, literally if you had not nuked Boyle's RPS squad with that full scout squad, I would have not done like this Hail Mary throw Anakin into the center of the board to try to nuke Vader. Because I knew, like, I have to do something crazy and get Vader out of here, or it's just game over. I might as well just start packing up my models now. Um, And it worked out. So, the dice were in my favor. That fire support was crazy, followed by um, the backhand, I was calling it, from the the, (laughs) the face ones. Well done uh, on that one. Nice. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have a lot more respect, though, for the full scouts. Having it on the tax strike turn, though, is nuts. Full, full scouts are fairly surprising, right? You throw 10 dice, sharpshooter, one. Like, more often than not, like, if they're, you know, it'll be, like, light cover. Uh, but that still slaps. That's, like, the average is five hits, right? That's that's not bad. Yep. It's pretty good. Yep. Boyle's squad was in light, took it down to nothing. Um, they had to kind of like come around a corner cause I wanted to score that center. Um, 
Yeah, I was like, oh, they'll grab the center and then just basically run back, but instead they just got nuked by the scout squad. And I was thinking, like, <laughs> oh, I'll just run them out there, I'm perfectly safe, and then all of a sudden it's like they double move from, like, out of nowhere, what it seemed like, and then they're on top of me. Or a ra- exactly range two uh, to get that crazy yeah, shot. Yeah, strike is a... Tax strike's like annoying. Like you just you just never know where it's gonna like hit. At least that's yep. what it feels like to me. Yep. Yep. I don't play against either enough to like actually know where tax strike's gonna be. What well, was intense? Because I usually I don't throw Anakin out into the center of the board. Um, of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get flawed. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I didn't have endurance on him. I don't have a capo. So this literally was like. Either Anakin kills Vader, or I just lose the game here. Nine yeah, times no, out of right ten. Choice. So, um, so yeah, that was uh, that. That's one of those plays that eh, either win or lose by that play. So, Ben was a good guy, um, fun to play, uh, and uh, yeah. Round three was against Manny, who I played before. He is a listener, great guy. Um, he was playing a Iden Callus, triple shore, all with the range four gun, three mortars, two snipers, an inferno, eleven act. Um, I can't remember what his exact points were, but he was blue. Uh, seven ninety four. Seven ninety four. Okay, so he got me on the bid by three points. Um, we ended up on intercept. Long March, fortified positions. Um, so you might be wondering why I would play Long March against this list, because uh, it seems like a bad yep. idea. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> uh, high velocity is all over the place. What are you doing? Yeah, I thought that too. Um, so in the <laughs> for the for the mission cards. First slot was recover the supplies. Uh, that'll do it. Second slot was VAPS. Um, so my first ban was recover the supplies. That was like a, I didn't even have to look at the cards. I literally just wa- he was just like pass, and I literally just walked up and was <laughs> like, I didn't even read the the next ones. I was just like gone. Like that's literally the last thing I want to play. Well, maybe besides like bombing run or something which wasn't going to be in there but it was just literally like let me just get rid of that i don't even have to look at the rest of these um and then i literally thought for maybe three minutes about can i take him out on vaps um yeah and that was probably the longest i through this entire game the most thought i put into any decision (laughs) of like I just don't know. I don't know if I can. And finally, I was like, I think I can win on Intercept because he has so many squishy units. I don't know how he can take the center from me if I, like, sit on it. Um, because it's 11 acts, but there's so many squishy acts. So, yeah. I, so I ended up banning Vaps, uh, and we ended up playing Intercept on Long March. So that's how I ended up against this high-velocity shenanigans. Okay, bold move, Cotton. <laughs> bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. Uh, <laughs> it's a classic movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Um, so yeah, I, so basically, uh, I literally pretty much ran to the center right, right out of the gate, just like I did to the other two games and it was come at me, bro. I'm not moving off the center. Uh, and I kamikaze my barks knowing that they're useless for scoring anything. And I kamikaze them right at his full shores. Um, knowing that those are his least squishy units and took out two of the full shores with the, the barks. So, so basically, basically fire supported those off. So like first turn kind of got them up there. Um, and then second turn was able to set up the fire supports through the double moves from the phase ones from the first turn and then played a three pip turn two to get the orders out to set up fire supports, took out some of the full shores, and then it was like, okay, now you're down to nine acts, and all of your acts are like two-man snipers, mortars, like basically nothing that would be able to just run up and take the center from a clinball because it's either two or three wounds if you count like two model squads or shores. Yeah, it, they're a little bit too squishy. Yep, too squishy to take the center, especially from Republic. And that's pretty much what happened. He was never able to contest the center. Um, and it basically, I was able to score the center. Uh, we played all six rounds. This I think this was my only game that literally went all six rounds. Um, and I pretty much just, just camped the center of the whole game. So scored center and my home intercept point uh, at the end of round two, four, and six. Callus made a bold play uh, at round... At the end of round five, he double. He was gonna basically charge in there, um, which I think Manny was just like, "I'm just gonna do this for fun," and then Anakin just for fun did a saber throw fire support uh, that one. <laughs> that's sh- not for that- <laughs> That's not for fun. <laughs> that's for winning, man. <laughs> uh, so that was a one shot, a one shotted callus. Um, <laughs> that's a that's a big ouch, man. Even for callus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was that was a good one. I, I think, I was actually surprised at how well the Barks overall performed on intercept. Just from the standpoint of they can't score on intercept, but if you play them as like a kamikaze and just try to nuke out whatever your opponent's best scoring units are going to be, and you can trade up. That's like how you can kind of utilize them. Yeah, if you um, trade up, yeah, trade up, or you go after their home intercept point. That's usually like some good ways to use them. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, so Manny's a great guy. We've played before. Um, all my opponents were awesome. It was it was a great day. So with that, I sealed my uh, my victory. Went three zero, and I now officially have a world's invite. Oh, yeah. Good job, sir. Thank you. Good job. (laughs) Man, Uh, Brendan's going to listen to this and be like, man, (laughs) man, oh, man. Wish I didn't go on vacation. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I have faith our fellow podcaster will also get a world's invite. So agreed. Hundred percent. There's still a lot of time, honestly. There is. There's a lot of time. I know Brendan and I are going to Nova, so he's got a shot there. And then Pax Unplugged, 
I think we're all three of us are going to be there. So yep. that's another shot. Uh, and then there's probably one or two more locals in between that we can each get to. Yeah, we'll figure it out either way. Is is Nova a regional qualifier? So is it top four? Get? E- yes, it is. Yep. Cool. It is a regional. I I think it's top four. Uh, I could be wrong. I haven't looked at that document in a while. Um, I just know that the prize support is different than like a store kit. So that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> uh, trying to get like top in faction of of my uh, of whatever faction I pick. How do you get? Oh, how do you get the purple suppression tokens? That's that's what I. Need. Oh yeah. How do you? Oh, I have to look that up later. I forget. Uh, is that okay? Maybe I take a break because I want to know. <laughs> so for the world's qual- world's open qualifiers, uh, their prize support. If you get top in faction, you can get like a Leia card, a a Palpatine, a Dooku. Uh, a Shadow Collective Mall, an Anakin, and like a Standing Orders. Um, then they also have like Ewok cards to give out, like Wicket and Skirmishers and C-3PO. Uh, and then the top two will receive punch sheets of alternate art suppression tokens. So the purple stuff. That's what I want. That's what John and I want, the purple stuff. The purple stuff. So we got to get top two. That's that's a tough ask, but... <laughs> I will sure as hell be trying for purple stuff. I would like that Anakin card. Oh, that Anakin card is sick. Is that, for sure. Is that the one where he's got the two lightsabers that are crossed? Yep, where he's about to murder Dooku. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, these are sweet cards. I dig these. Maybe I have to play droids. I don't know. That smug Dooku looks so good. He's like holding up like a chalice drinking from it. Yep. 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 Uh, I'm just going to give a quick plug to a different few things related to our podcast before we get on to our tournament meta talk. We have a Discord. Want to chat with us? Talk some Legion? Show off your hobby work? Maybe show off a couple pictures of your pets? We have a Discord channel for just about everything. So uh, we would love to see you there. The link is in the show notes. You can find us on most popular podcasting apps now, including Spotify, Apple, Google, YouTube, you name it. We are there. If we're not there, let us know. Uh, if you leave us a rating and a, and a review, that would really help us out. Uh, and then if you want to just email us, that is also available uh, at swlingloriousblasters at gmail.com. Uh, you can search us on Facebook and Instagram for Facebook, The Inglorious Blasters, a storage legion podcast. And on Instagram at swlingloriousblasters. I'm sure you'll find us. We're all there on that, all that social media stuff. So, uh, with that, let's let's uh, let's start talking some tournament meta talk. Um, so, I have like a couple of questions that I got lined up. I don't know if they're good questions to ask, but I feel like these are questions to ask if you are going to a tournament yourself, right? So, like this is like kind of my thought process, and maybe a little bit of John's thought process of like when you are prepping a list, uh, especially if you are like multi-faction, like a couple of us uh, are. Right? There's only a couple factions of the game. I know multiple people have a bunch of stuff so is armor still a thing uh this is kind of a thing that people are talking about recently like uh a bunch of other podcasters and then gen con just happened where there wasn't too much armor there was like one triple atst list that had to drop out uh so it made top 16 but couldn't play in the top 16 day so i which is like kind of kind of frustrating for me as a spectator because i kind of wanted to see how it did right because i'm interested in temptus force but uh 
John, what do you think? Is armor still a thing uh, that people have to be worried about? Yes and no. I'm trying not to be biased based on yesterday. Based on recent <laughs> tournament. <Yeah. laughs> it's it's honestly it's it's always so hard to tell from local events because yeah, a lot of times like not everybody is going to a local like myself, basically saying like I am here to win the world's invite. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, like right. I am here to stomp on everybody and walk home with the world's invite. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm going to break saber, throw fire, support my way to victory. Got it. Right. Right. <laughs> like there are people that just want to have a good time. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Right. So I'm, t- I guess, I guess we could frame it in a way like a big convention tournament, such as like Nova or, or PAX or, or any of those, like any of the, um, frontline gaming opens. Um, those I would consider like, those are what I would consider these questions are a thing, right? Is is armor still a thing? I think yes. I think people are just shelving it at the moment to see how they feel and like lure people into a false sense of security <laughs> to not bring impact, if that makes sense. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I I think armor is still a thing and that I mean the problem with it is if you don't plan for it and you go to a big event the more games you play that increases the likelihood that you face it and if you don't have it there's no insta losses in this game but it's as close as you can get to an insta loss if you play like a double dark trooper list and you don't have a certain level of impact you might as well have you you not not might as well just say like well i lose but if you don't like if you're rebels and you don't have a way to deal with impact and you end up against double double dark troopers you're kind of screwed i kind of agree because your dice would have to be real hot that match right you would have to throw all the crits all the time and then your opponent has to make like none of the saves you're Um, literally relying on a one out of eight chance on every die. So every eight die yep. you throw, you're going to get one. And then they have a 50-50 chance to save out of it. Like it's... It, yeah, you're, it's, it's, it's rough against the darks for sure. And then <laughs> and then if they're running aggressive tactics, that, that math gets even worse for you. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. So you can skirt around it in like a local event, but in a big event like we're talking about, you still have to plan for it. I mean... The nice thing I will say, and I saw this with the list that I had, like I always have run one RPS, like in clones. Yeah. And the nice thing about the RPS on the barks, those are just good against anything. So they're they're super flexible. Throwing six dice is throwing six dice. And if it just so happens to have impact, great. But not every faction has that type of unit with that type of flexibility. So that's a positive for me. Um, so I think it's more about like what units do you have that are going to be flexible enough that you can deal with the armor, but also be competitive, competitive against everything else. Yeah, absolutely. That's basically the question. So I guess I'll lump these next couple of questions I got, uh, what is good to bring and like what factions are showing up? So I think. I think we've been seeing like a lot more rebels recently, which is actually kind of interesting because people have kind of been writing off rebels. I think that's mainly due to the fact that they just forgot how good Pierce is and like marksman is. <laughs> uh, so like that's really good into red saves, right? So what are, what are the red save armies that are performing? Well, guess what? Both of them, right? So like 
uh, Gar and Empire are performing really well. They, the Empire can take armor, and then so you know all that Pierce and critical helps you out a lot. Rebels is basically the critical faction. So, uh, and then FDs are just like really really good. So I think that's why people are bringing a lot more rebels to just literally fight at range, fight at all those red saves, and like hopefully win that way. Which is like not a bad way, right? Because then they ha- they also have like a ton of activations to um, uh, to back them up. Usually, they're usually sitting at like the eleven mark, for the most part. So I I think like I don't think rebels are out like people think they are. I, they've been showing up to a lot of tournaments like in placing. Yeah, that's a good call out. I it's funny you say that because I was looking at FDs the other day thinking you almost need like one if not two fds now yeah i i think so too they're they're very point efficient too they like really it's, are it's kind of insane <laughs> 68 points in their impact three like when you throw the barrage generator on them or i'm sorry the overcharge generator on them um yeah. and you're throwing six black dice at range five and again that's almost like the rps on the bark um an argument could be made similar die pool based on averages because it's still six die. It's all black, though, instead of, you know, red, two red, two white, two black. Technically the same if you look at the averages. But that's going to that's gonna hurt anything you shoot at. Yeah. So, and if they happen to have armor, great. That's what I, you know, that's what I'm hoping to see. But if you have uh, infantry, great. I can shoot that, too, and lay down the hurt. So... I mean, those are that's, super flexible for 68 points. I think that's what the thing is that we're trying to say is like the units that have in, like incidental impact or like can dual purpose. So shoot at infantry and shoot at armor are like definitely performing very well. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so I guess what do we think? people are going to bring to Nova. So <laughs> I looked in the, uh, quickly looked in the discord for, um, the, the, the main Legion discord at the Nova, uh, section. And, uh, historically it's like a mainly an empire based meta. So I, I mean, obviously I want to just say empire, but I don't know. I feel like we're definitely gonna see rebels. Like I was just talking about, um, some more rebel people show up. That'd be kind of cool. Um, I don't know if we're going to see a ton of Shadow Collective. I think that's been actually going down in like popularity a lot, which is, uh, which is like, I, I don't know. Is it because they got too many nerfs or is it because they're just not good? <laughs> I don't know. Have you been seeing a lot of Shadow Collective or played against Shadow Collective in a while? I have not. Yeah, there you go. There it is. Yeah. Um, do not know. Um, I also don't know what I want to bring to Nova. Part of me wants to bring like Tempest Force. Uh, and then the other part of me wants to bring something, something wacky. Like maybe my like uh, triple Blackstone Enforcer, triple B2 Snail Tank, Super Tack nonsense and just see what happens. Um, but I feel like I'm just going to get smoked. I don't know. Too many, too many things to like try and take care of where I'm good against like certain lists, but then like you just completely bomb out against others it's hard to it's it's grueling in like a long format tournament to try and like beat all the matches you know like be good at against everything that's that's basically what i'm trying to say yeah i think that's the challenge 
But it's also, it's kind of a nice spot for the game to be in. It's almost like a rock, paper, scissors these days. Yeah, no, I wasn't, I wasn't speaking like uh, ill of it. I'm just saying like, this just, that's the fun mental challenge like that's going on in my brain. Yep. hundred percent. What's, what's good. What, what do I think actually has, has a good chance of like going, going the distance, if you will. Yep. Going the distance. (laughs) That's right. Dark Troopers, I think, are, I mean, they're pretty flexible. Um, They are. Ironically, though, they don't do the greatest against other armor because they don't really have impact. They've got critical one on the, like, little machine gun. Does the frag launcher have impact? Does it impact two? It it does. It has impact two, cycles, and blast. But it's at range two, right? Yep, correct. Range two. Which is still like not bad. You you still want it regardless because you want to just shoot uh, and, troops and blast. For no cover. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Dark troopers are just still good in my opinion. Like still really good. So I, the way to cover up that weakness is if you're fighting against other armor, you need to bring your own like impact. It's it's kind of funny. So the cheapest way to do it is like the stormtrooper HH twelve, right? Mm-hmm. I still can't believe it's sixteen points. <laughs> It's so cheap uh, and does the job very, very well. I, They're actually, I think they're okay against armor. Now that I'm looking at because you think between that impact to the critical one on the assault cannon and if, when you're throwing 10 die, you're going to get a natty crit in there because, you know, one out of eight facings is just going to have a natty crit. And if you're rolling 10, you're, so that's impact. I mean, you're going to have four crit right there between the impact, the critical one, and then the natural crit. And then plus when you account for some variance. So you're probably going to have four or five saves onto a vehicle. So that's not terrible. And if you're doing it twice, once you get into range. And then if you have double dark trip. So I I guess it's not as bad as I was originally thinking when I first made that statement. The thing is, like, if you're fighting other armor and your opponent hasn't blown up the dark troopers by the time they get to range two, I feel like... I feel like the dark trooper player wins then because of the reasons you said it's like not that bad like um i'm trying to think of other armor other than atsd i think it's literally like triple atsd uh if you if you go against darks you don't want to be at range two you just literally want to sit at range three or, or four and just shoot your main cannons uh, and then just scoot backwards because you don't want to you don't want to get close to them there's, there's there's no point um so that's where i think Dark Troopers struggle, right? It's just against other armor, which is ironic. <laughs> yeah, there's a, this list is kind of it. So I was, what we were talking about um, Rebels, I threw together one that is two Rebel Vets with the range four gun, two Mark Twos, three Snipers, two FD Turrets with the overcharged generator, Cassian with the free gun now, Ahsoka with push burst of speed into the fray, tenacity. Eleven axe seven eighty nine. Yeah, that's so. like the Cassian K two Ahsoka combo that everyone like is just like basically running. I feel like every rebel list is just using that right now. So there's no because <laughs> because it, it's good. All the other uh, Ahsoka's cards and Cassian's cards work well together. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there's no K2. You'd have to eliminate. You could combine two of the other units to basically knock it down mm-hmm. to 10 act and get K2 in there. Gotcha. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think the challenge with it, I always build those types of lists and then I don't play them for the same reason um, that like kind of Manny ran into at game three at our gamers court is like, as soon as you start losing like the vets or like any, the only thing you have to take objectives with are three or two. Yeah. It, well, all your like little guy. it's like, all right, I moved this guy out. They're dead. All right. I leave this, move this guy out. He's dead. All right. I move it. And it's like, all of a sudden your 11 X becomes like seven very quickly. <laughs> so, that's, that's the rebel flavor right there. You throw something out in the open and they're like, Oh, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> So yep. it's like you have 11x, sure, but I don't, I mean, it's player preference, but it's like I have 9x, but it's like if you want to kill one, it's going to be very difficult. So yeah. so good yep. luck. And most of the time to kill one, you're probably going to lose one or two in return because I'm going to make you put yourself into a bad situation to do it. Yeah. I Speaking of vets, I don't see enough people doing this where... I think the way to play vets uh, with the range four gun is to sit them at range four and only keep the, I mean, obviously this is terrain dependent what I'm about to say, but if you can keep your leader and your range four gun in line of sight of whatever your target you want to shoot at is, and then everyone else clumped behind a line of sight blocker, then guess what? They can only do two wounds max, right? So it's going to take like multiple shots in order to kill these fools. Uh, and that doesn't feel great sometimes. Um, so your big clone ball fire support, is not going to kill all of them, right? Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, if you throw... I mean, again, like, it's terrain-dependent and it's objective-dependent. You know, if you have to run them out in the open to go score, uh, then then that kind of sucks. Rebels are paper-thin. <laughs> it's 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 rough going for, like, the actual troopers of, of Rebels. Um, everyone else has got, like, in the Rebel Army, like, some tricks and shenanigans, like Danger Sands or a bunch of dodges, uh, or they throw red dice, like if you're a Jedi. Um, yeah, there's, it's, it's, it's a bad time for the actual, the gritty core troopers of, uh, of Rebels. That's it. <laughs> yep, agreed. Cool. Uh, anything else that you want to chit-chat about before we uh, close the show out? No, sir. No, sir. I think we've rambled on long enough. All right, everyone. Well, I'm Corey. I'm John. Uh, Brendan says something witty and funny here, but I'm going to say nothing. Stay glorious, everyone. <laughs>